Hello and welcome once again to The Authority of Love. My name is Greg Williams and thanks for joining us. Welcome back to The Authority of Love Christmas week. Uh, the first uh, on Monday, we had um, tips on thriving during the Christmas holidays in your marriage and your relationships. Yesterday, we started with Good Tidings of Great Joy, part one, where we read most of the Christmas story from Luke chapter one and then part of Matthew and then back part of uh, Luke chapter two. What an incredible story. You, you can't make that stuff up. You just can't make it up. It's incredible what God chose to do even from before the creation of the world. He knew what he would have to do. So today we're going to continue with Good Tidings of Great Joy, Part 2. If you'd like to get yesterday's, go to WJMM.com, click on the podcast tab, and then the Love and Lordship links you can hear today and the previous two days, all of this week so far, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And you can go to Vimeo.com forward slash Love and Lordship for videos or Love and Lordship podbean.com for more podcasts. Also, you can contact me at loveandlordship at gmail.com. And with that said, we're going to continue with Good Tidings of Great Joy, Part 2. Building on yesterday's scripture text of this most wonderful of stories, let's dig a little deeper into the characters of that first Christmas and see what we can learn. Number one, I think we, can, we, we need to see that joy and faith are inseparable. Why do I say that? Because faith is the opposite of fear. Elizabeth and Zacharias, if you remember from our reading yesterday, the angel Gabriel, the archangel announcing God's presence and word, appear to Zacharias in his and Elizabeth's old age and declare they're going to have a baby. And not just any baby, baby, he's going to be the one crying out in the wilderness that Isaiah talked about to prepare the way of the Lord, the Messiah. He's literally the forerunner of Jesus. Zacharias response was not sure got it thanks it was say what and for that he was now i'm paraphrasing a little bit right but he for that response he was struck dumb until john the baptist was born not what i would consider faith and joy but it was certainly there and there was more on the way mary when she was approached by the angel the angel gabriel archangel once again god's presence and word she declares to Mary that she will have the Son of God. If she wasn't fearful to start with, although we know she was because of Gabriel's fear not pronouncement and announcement, followed by the, that you're going to be pregnant. And then miraculously she is. You see, Gabriel's words of assurance obviously calmed Mary and strengthened her faith so she could take the joy of that announcement with her through the difficult times to come. And, and one of the most beautiful texts in all of Scripture was her response that we read yesterday. Behold the bondslave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Look at the intersection of fear giving way to faith, strengthened and accompanied by peace and joy. Isn't that what she and we are promised? Let's look at the favor and the trials that came with it. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Luke 1, 26 through 28, right? Life won't be necessarily easy just because you live in God's favor. 
when the angel Gabriel was sent to a young girl named Mary, her life literally got harder, not easier. After his visit, after this great announcement and this good tidings of great joy, right? Yet the angel assured her of God's great favor in her life. Before Gabriel's visit, Mary had a pretty ordinary, conventional life for a young Jewish girl. She was engaged to be married to a man of integrity who had his own carpenter shop, masonry shop, some say, that, that's part of it. Life was good, and she had wonderful prospects for a happy future. But everything was getting ready to change. Not only was she going to give birth to a son without having sexual relations, but her baby would be called the Son of the Most High, right there in Luke 1.32. If you face some complicated issues today, don't despair. So did Mary, and she was highly favored. What about a legacy of favor? With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations, Psalm 89.1 states. When we read the, the angel's proclamation that Mary would be blessed and highly favored, what we just read there, we might assume she would have an easy, carefree life. By the way, God's favored you. He's on your side, right? However, walking in God's favor doesn't mean you'll never face adversity. Mary had to face the scorn of her relatives and neighbors. She and Joseph undertook the difficult trek from Nazareth to Bethlehem, Mary on the back of a donkey while nine months pregnant. She had no place to give birth except in a likely a cave or a shelter-type place where animals were kept. And the family later had to hurriedly move to Egypt to find safety from King Herod. Read Matthew 2, 13 through 23. Does this favored life sound like an easy life to you? Yet despite many hardships, Mary enjoyed the unrivaled favor of God. She also recognized that her legacy would continue long past her own lifetime. He took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. Luke 148. You see what happens when we see favor and in, in, if, if with God and you act on it with humility? Do you see what God does? Now, how about Joseph? What about him? <laughs> My virgin wife is pregnant. <laughs> yeah, right. He, he wasn't... He wasn't thinking that. She couldn't say to him, I haven't been with anyone. And he was struggling, but he was a good man and he didn't want to hurt her. So he was going to put her away quietly, divorce her quietly. They were engaged, betrothed. But in those days, that was the same as being married, except for sexual relations. So another angel appears to Joseph and sets him straight about God's plan. What does he do? He immediately responds in faith that he will follow through even though he knows there will be looks and words and ridicule and accusations. This is joy? What about the shepherds? Now, I'm not going to say that an angel approaching out of the night sky with a brilliant light and then a multitude of angels joining in and singing would certainly have made faith easier. But, but that's what happened, and they acted in faith. It was still faith as they only had heard a message about a child, a son being born, the son of God being born in a manger in Bethlehem. You see, they had not seen him, so each step that they took 
was one of faith. Again, the key to joy. So why the connection with faith and joy? Well, let's take a look at some other references to joy in Scripture and begin to understand why faith is crucial. How can we learn from the key players in the Christmas story to walk in faith and not fear and have the joy he brought and promised to us according to his word even during difficult times? James 1, 2 through 4 says it this way, Consider it all joy, Mary and Joseph, when you encounter various trials. doesn't say that. I'm putting that in for the Christmas connection, right? It says, My brothers and sisters, consider it all joy, you who believe. When you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Romans 5, 1 through 8 builds on that. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exult in hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exhort, we, we rejoice in our tribulations, knowing that our tribulations bring about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character brings hope, and hope that does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still and yet sinners, Christ died for us. The ultimate gift born out of faith, joy, and hope produced in trials abounding in love, God's love. Now, we're going to do more on this as we wrap up these greatest of stories. But as we close, let's ponder a few things regarding fear, faith, and joy. Wonder if Mary, Zacharias, and Elizabeth, the shepherds, were going through any trials. You ever wonder that? We kind of know they were, don't we? Zacharias, really? A father at my age and even more so at her age? What will people think? Why can't I speak? Oh, yeah, I doubted. But my silence is God's assurance. This is still tough, God. Mary, me? A teenage virgin, not even married, and I'm going to be pregnant? What will Joseph think? And, and even more than that, what's he going to do with me? Will I be stoned, divorced? No, because Gabriel has assured me this is of God. Still, what about my parents in the community? This is scary, except it is from God. According to his word, that's my assurance. Joseph, what will people think of me when they see my betrothed pregnant? What are they going to, what, what will they expect me to do according to the law? Stone her, send her away, divorce her, defend her? This is going to be tough, but the angel assured me. So I'm going through with it regardless of the cost, the stares, the innuendos, the accusations about me or her, or us, or about this child. Wow, I'm really going to have to trust the Lord. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what we're always supposed to do. God's word is my assurance. And then there's the shepherds. What just happened? An angel? An angel choir? Proclaiming the birth of the Messiah, Christ the Lord. 
the Son of God in a stanky manger? <laughs> yeah, right. They were pretty convincing, though, and that song they sang got me fired up. Wait, wait a minute. Why would God choose to tell us we're just lowly shepherds in Bethlehem? I'm going to give you some more in the next couple of days as there was something very important and powerful about those shepherds in Bethlehem. Without a doubt, Christmas is to be a time of great joy. On that first Christmas night, the angel announced to the shepherds good news of a great joy. The Savior has come. Wow! Those shepherds were so excited. That announcement changed their lives forever and all who would believe and walk in faith. They were filled with joy and wonder and praise. At Christmas time, are you filled with joy and wonder and praise? Or has the devil, the original Grinch, the thief who comes only to steal and kill and destroy, stolen those things from you? If so, there is still time to get it back. Think about the angel's announcement. There has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. What does that really mean for you and me? Number one, the Savior has come to save you from a dark past. Number two, the Savior has come to save you from an empty present. And number three, the Savior has come to save you from a hopeless future. What may not, we may not have Gabriel, we may not have any other angel, we may not have a chorus or a multitude of angels, but we have something even better. We've got Christ, His Word, and His Spirit. As you continue and read and meditate through the Christmas story in God's Word, what about you? What doubts or fears do you have? Trials, tribulations, struggles. What is robbing your joy when you've been given the greatest gift ever? Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your prayers. Thanks always to the Lord. Make it a great day and a great Christmas in Christ. I'm Greg Williams, and you're listening to The Authority of Love.